Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Friday, October 13th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we will be reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 11, A Vision for You. We're on page 158, the fourth paragraph. That was June 1935, reading through one paragraph, ending with, from which he has long absent, from which he was long absent. Comments on one paragraph only. <clears throat> Today's readers are Tenzin P, reading the text, Anne-Marie M, reading page 164, and Barb W will be our backup reader. The reference number for yesterday, Thursday, October 12th, 2023, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,000. 739 and the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,740. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message, message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Janet F. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Janet F. from Iowa, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Twelve steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to do service. 
Thank you, Janet. I will now ask Danny P. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Thank you. Thank you, Julie, for your service. Uh, Danny P., good morning, everyone. This is Danny P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Brazil. Uh, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in a group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. An OA group has never endorsed finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Danny P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are in chapter 11, A Vision for You. We are on page 158 and the fourth paragraph. That was June 1935, reading through one paragraph ending with from which he was long absent. I will now ask Tenzin P to begin reading. Mm, good morning, everyone. Um, 
Americans and Pete checking in from New York. Oops, wait, got to turn off the alarm on my phone here. Sorry. Okay. So the paragraph. That was June, that was in June 1935. He never drank again. He too has become a respected and useful member of his community. He has helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. Okay, so starting my timer here. Uh, so the first sentence, this was in June 1935. So that's almost 100, almost 90 years ago, but it's still so relevant. And there's so much in this uh, sh short uh, paragraph. Uh, as backstory here, we've been talking about Bob Dodson, who was AA number three. And for Bob Dodson, um, Dr. Bob, who is AA number two, had gone out to make his amends. And then another alcoholic to health. And when they asked at the hospital, it was Bob Dodson that they were um, referred to. Bob Dodson felt so hopeless. He had gotten drunk the last three times he came home from the hospital. Yes, this is very familiar to me as a compulsive overeater. Uh, relapse, relapse, relapse. So the two, Bill and Dr. Bob, spoke to Bill Dodson about the spiritual program. At first, uh, he was not receptive because he had a history with the church, but it hadn't helped him with his drinking. So, but then he slept on it, he thought it over, and on the third day, he turned his will and his life over to the care of God as he understood God. And it says he became willing to do anything necessary and um, he began to have a spiritual experience. So there's so much hope in this um, uh, paragraph, in this short section about the third AA. Um, he experienced an attitude change, and then I do the work, but the results are because of so, I do the work, I take the actions, but the results are because of so much more than just me. And that's, that's one of the most, the most important change. It's about, I take the action, but it's about so much more than just me. And um, I become useful in my recovery and self-respect grows as a result. And I will say that giving service is something that was never very interesting to me. And I find that it's becoming more automatic. I'm kind of surprised at myself, for example, Later today, uh, the Region 6 uh, Convention, which is in the Northeast of the United States, will be starting. I will be there, and I'm giving service at the registration desk. It's like, what? I'm so happy to be giving service. Uh, things repair and change as we go through the process of the steps, and um, uh, so looking forward to seeing some of you there. And um, with that, I pass. Look forward to hearing what everyone else has to say. Thank you. Thank you, Tinsman P. Uh, today's share ID for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,742. 
Okay. Although we share your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Janet B. Kristen R. Linda D. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody R before Linda D. Kristen R. Kristen R. Okay. UNF. BNF. Quiet group. Anyone else want to share? All right. Well, we'll start with Janet B., Christian R., Linda D., and Ian F. Go ahead, Janet. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Um, hey, everyone. It's Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating in North Carolina, formerly of New Jersey. Well, what a cool line. He never drank again. So that tells me, that tells us that recovery can be permanent. And I remember when I was coming to meetings, people used to say relapse is part of recovery. But our big book doesn't say that. Our big book says, like, really in lots of places, that we never have to eat again, right? Page 120 says, though it is infinitely better that he have no relapse at all, as has been true with many of our men. Um, back in chapter five, it says that recovery can be permanent if we follow our third step with a strenuous effort to be rid of our defects. So to me, what a beautiful thing that it tells me I never have to binge again. And how do I do it? How do we do it? And I think the lines in the previous paragraph tell us in finding God. So I'm thinking, okay, if I were a newcomer and I was told I could never binge again, it doesn't depend on finding the perfect meeting, the perfect food plan, the perfect sponsor. It depends on finding God. How do I find God? It's not like, you know, I could go to a store and buy him or I can, you know, just do something. How do I find him? And I think that's what these beautiful 12 steps tell us, that the way we find God is by surrendering to his will. For me, it was basically saying, God, I've always had fixed ideas of what you were like and how to worship you. I'm willing to admit it was all wrong and to start over and let you show me what you're like and how to worship you. I surrendered to God, and then I started doing everything that I thought God might want me to do, which meant, first of all, I stopped being dishonest because God won't coexist with dishonesty. I started doing things for other people, and, and then I spent time with him every morning in prayer, meditation, and spiritual reading. And I've been absent for, by his grace for a long time now. Um, and I think not so much because I found God, but because I put myself in a position where God could find me and rescue me. And he does that for any of us who work these beautiful 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janet B. Next, we'll have Christian R. followed by Linda D. Good morning. My name is Kristen R. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, I feel like I'm Bill Dodson. And I say that because that must have really been something for him to hear these two men uh, come in, speak his language, and tell him that he's going to be okay if he works these steps. 
he can be okay. Um, because that's what's happened to me, that I have had so many good people through this program come to me and tell me, you can do this, you're going to be okay, just work the steps. For a long time, I didn't believe that. I just thought, well, I thought I'll just work the first 11 steps, and that'll be fine. You know, I'll do service like driving my daughter to soccer practice. And no, I can't just do service by driving my daughter to soccer practice. That's not program service. I need to be out there talking to newcomers, making sure they feel welcomed, and reaching out beyond what I'm comfortable with, beyond just staying, you know, in my house and making a phone call. Oh, too bad I got the voicemail. No, I have to keep calling people until I get a live human being on the line. And I can do some service. I can talk to people. I can share my experience. I can beginning to see how all my experiences with relapse are now a source of strength that I can draw on to help people. So someone's unmuted. Um, so in any case, I'm really grateful for this program. I'm really grateful for every single person who has helped me along the way. I, would, I don't know where I would be without the generosity of these people. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Christian R. And next we'll have Linda D. followed by Ian F. Go ahead, Linda. Good morning, everybody. Linda. It's Linda D. in Central Connecticut, and I'm so relieved, so grateful to be a part of this program and to be recovered. And it's ongoing, recovering. Um, if I were brand new, I'd look at this paragraph. I don't even remember it when I was brand new. I've been here quite a while. Um, but anyway, what does a June of 1935 and a bunch of guys, what does that have to do with me? They're alcoholic. I'm a food addict. I don't even know it at that point, but I'm suspicious of it. What does that have to do with me? I'm standing on the shoulders of giants because these people, under the grace of God, made this program possible. I wouldn't even be alive. No one on this line would be alive today in a really healthy meeting of Overeaters Anonymous if these people hadn't had an enormous spiritual series of experiences. Bill had the first, uh, Bill had a white light experience. The second, Bill had a cumulative, uh, but he knew there was something big going on that it had to do with God. And then this man, Bill, who was uh, so scared, so terrified that he surrendered and gave it a shot. That's what I do every day. Because now, now I have the prize at this instant, and the prize is God. I had no idea, couldn't have cared less, and look what showed up. The line previous to this that says, in finding God, I found myself, that is the best line in this whole book. I'm surrendered to love the source of love that I didn't even know existed, let alone it exists within me. This book taught me that. You taught me that. All the people has been mentioned. 
all the people that helped me because I was totally lost, totally and completely terrified. That's what it took to get Linda to surrender to love. Love is a discipline. It's a training. And this is the place to get it in this book with all of you. Because God is really, really love. Really, really real. And I'm so grateful to have my life saved again and again and again as I apply these disciplines, the discipline of love and surrender. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Next, we'll have Ian F. Hi, y'all. I'm Ian F., compulsive overeater out of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, <laughs> hearing this this morning, the first time around, I was like, really? We have to talk about this one? Um, and then I actually read it through a second time. And, and hearing the, the shares, since he never drank again, that is the thing that I, that is the promise of this book that I wanted more than anything when I came in. All the other ones that, that happened earlier are awesome and great. And I feel having worked a program that, that I have those in my life, but he never drank again. It's the greatest promise to me in all of this. I never have to hurt myself with food again. Never. I might, you know, if I, if I stop working in my program, if I, um, Stop practicing the principles in all my affairs, but like, I don't have to. It's a choice. You know, I've had so many relapse dreams in my life in program, you know, and, and wake up and going, oh my God, that was so vivid. And then I come back to that idea. It never has to happen again. It's a beautiful thing. And this he's become a respected and useful member of this community. How many times did I wallow in self-pity that nobody, nobody had a use for me? Nobody respected me. Nobody liked me. I could never be a part of. That's something I get to do today because I am not eating compulsively. You know, he's helped other men recover. He's power in the church from which he was long absent. Sometimes just by getting on the line, getting on a meeting, you help people recover. It's a crazy thing to me, you know. There's lots of different forms of service. It's not a matter of which one you do. It's a matter of how much you put into it. How consistently am I doing this? Is this the way of life that I really want to live? Because if it is, I have all the tools at my disposal to go and be a useful member of society in and out of OA. And if I do that, I don't have to drink again. That's so cool. That's what we get. That's really cool. That's all I got to share. Love you guys. I'll pass. Thank you, Ian. Um, Okay. Uh, We are on page 158, the fourth paragraph. Starting with that was June 1935, reading through one paragraph, ending with from which he was long absent. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Get quiet.
quiet group. Somebody's got to share on this. Melissa S. The C. Melissa S. Bonnie B. Bonnie B. Lisa C. Lisa C. Anita L. Anita L. Chris G. I think. Yes. Okay. How about let's take one more. Irini M. Irini? Hi, this is Christina, compulsive overeater. Christina, and your last initial? H. H, gotcha. Okay, let's start with Melissa S. followed by Bonnie B. Go ahead, Melissa. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, hi, it's Melissa S., Nashville, Tennessee. Um, The thing that struck me about this is that phrase that he never drank again but I was thinking about it like um, it wasn't him saying I'll never drink again and I was reflecting on like all my times of like going on the next diet or my resolve my self-will of like okay I'm not going to eat that again or I'm not going to do this like um, I all the times I said, I'm never going to drink again, air quotes, really, I did, you know, and so it wasn't him making this proclamation, it was just a fact that these other people observed, and so I feel like whenever I let go of the idea, I'll never drink again, and really just like collapsed in total humility and desperation, I wasn't saying, oh, I'll never drink again. I was like, I'm at the end of myself. I'm at the end of myself. That was the day that began my journey of one day at a time doing like all the phrases, next right thing. Just like I wasn't thinking. What I'm saying is I wasn't thinking I'm never going to eat again. I was thinking, oh, crap, I will eat again if I don't have a miracle. Um which was just like this subtle shift. So just reflecting on like every morning that I wake up, just, you know, right now I'm like listening to this, I'm cutting a cucumber, but I'm just trying to stay in this day and to play the role God has assigned me just this day. Um, And that, you know, it may be that I never eat again, but that's not my focus (laughs) because if it is, you know, I think I'm going down the wrong track. Um, But that's all I've got. Thanks. Thank you, Melissa S. Next we have Bonnie B. followed by Lisa C. Go ahead, Bonnie. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Julie, for your service and for all the beautiful shares. Bonnie B. um, gratefully recovered, gratefully recovered by the grace of God today in the state of Florida. Useful. So the words that popped out to me were useful. Um, I wasn't useful before. I was present, but I wasn't useful. I, I looked like I was useful, but I wasn't. I was in my head. I was, um, I was a hot mess, right? Um, but I wanted to be useful. But I didn't know how to be useful. So this, this paragraph to me is, is the promise, right? It's the promise that he never drank again, which is every, you know, everyone else has said already. It's for the next 30 seconds. I've been given a gift, a gift that I never knew I could have, but I have to give it away to keep it. And this is what these gentlemen are doing. They're giving it away. 
and in giving it away, they're being useful. You know, the greatest, the greatest um, parts of my day are when I can talk with other people who are, who are hopeless, who are in that same spot where I was, because you can't make up what God has done for you. You know, I, I tell people, hold on, get to the other side. You can't make this stuff up. I was sharing with a newcomer um, yesterday, and she kept saying, is this for real? Are you serious? Are you really serious? And I, you can't make it up. It gets better and better. We become useful, and not useful in the way that I wanted in the past, which was, can you see what I'm doing, but useful behind the scenes so that I can say at the end of every single day, did my God um, shine brightly? Because for me, all roads go back to God. This program is a program where God intercepted. And God did for me what I could never have done for myself. And so I don't want the spotlight to be on me. As someone else said, it's not the program. It's not the, it's not the meeting. It's not the nutritionist. It's not any of these. It's God. God does it. But we, but we have a solution. The solution is in this big book. And part of it is to pour ourselves back out because he poured in so freely to us. So um, what a gift. I wake up and every single day I'm just overwhelmed with gratefulness that for, by the grace of God, for another day, um, I made it through the night without binging. For another day, I'm not restricting and I'm not over-exercising by the grace of God. And I'm saying in my head, I came into this program thinking the goal was a certain body weight, been there for well past three years, I now know the goal is emotional sobriety. And as, as my brain goes, so goes my body. So I got to give this stuff away to keep it. And by the grace of God, I'm going to give it away again today. So, um, so grateful for each of you. Blessings to all of you guys. I'll pass and thanks again. Thank you, Bonnie B. Next, we have Lisa C. followed by Anita L. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Thank you so much um, to everyone for this meeting. I just um, uh, asked God to help me say something useful and helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, the things that stand out to me from this little paragraph, um, like others have noted, he never drank again. There's something so profound about that, the idea that there can be a last time for something that crippled me for you know my entire life um that there that there actually could be this last binge this last uh restriction this last um you know parade with food that's that's a miracle um and i also really like the part where it says uh you know a power in the church from which he was long absent um it just makes me think about um, forgiveness and healing, right? This idea that uh, I kind of have like a trail of, um, you know, there's this, this picture book, uh, The Paper Bag Princess, and in it there's this dragon who just like destroys everything. And, uh, you know, it's described as like, you know, he, he leaves a trail of burnt forests wherever he goes. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like that's my life. I have like this trail of just like broken relationships and things that I really botched up and like my inability to be useful, effective, loving, tolerant. Um, even though I do believe that that was always my heart's desire was to like be part of something, be part of the community, um, be a pillar, you know, um, um, be loving, be accepted. I, I wanted all these things and then just 
had no understanding of of the the truth the sort of indefatigable truth that god is the way to do those things and i think i like dipped my toes in those waters so many times throughout my life not recognizing that god was always the solution for me and so when i hear recovered folks say things like i'm grateful now for my disease because it brought me to god i understand what that means and um you know, the idea that I could now be helpful in the, pl- in the very places where I was not is also just so healing and a miracle in itself. And I just also wanted to share on um, page 192, which is the end of, I believe, this same bill, um, his, his story, you know, told in his uh, personal narrative there. And it says, I came, you know, he says, I've heard people get up in meetings and say it. I came into AA solely for the purpose of sobriety, but has been through AA that I have found God, which again, you know, he's, he's an example of somebody who understood that this is a spiritual program of recovery, that we are here for God, um, to find God and, and to recognize that God is the solution every single minute. And, um, that's all I've got. Thanks so much for letting me share. God bless all. Thank you very much, Lisa C. Next, we have Anita L. followed by Chris G. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. outside of Philadelphia, um, Pennsylvania. Uh, I wanted to share today because um, this morning in my writing and uh, receiving a letter back from my higher power, in God's words, um, I was told that I need to share my experience with others. So um, I've been in in program for many years, and in this past year, I have gone through the steps many times. And each time, it's brought me closer to my higher power. So it hasn't been for naught. You know, working the steps is wonderful, and doing it with other guides to get their experience and their wisdom through their higher powers to help benefit me so that I can have a broader understanding of power, a greater power than me, is incredibly wonderful. And um, all the years that I've been in OA, I felt something was missing. You know, I I had a food plan. I was following it. I was giving lots of service. But what was missing? What was missing? And I realized that I wasn't growing with and developing a power greater than myself as a friend, you know, in my life, that that was missing. That piece was missing. And that's the whole point. I mean, the big book even says that we come to to know a power greater than ourselves who can restore us to sanity and not just neutrality with food, but sanity in my thinking and my actions so that I can be there. I can go in a room of people and I was taught by one of my past sponsors to look around the room and see who looks the most needy of someone's help and go to that person and be with them and share and help
help to make them feel comfortable. It's not about me anymore. And yesterday, I just have to share, hopefully I have enough time to say it, that I was in a lot of fear yesterday, and I wrote to my higher power about it. And when God wrote back to me, God said, you say to me, God, I am yours and I trust you, but are you really trusting me? Trust in me. I am there for you. And so right then, I surrendered. I surrendered to whatever God had in store for me, and I trusted. And guys, this is amazing, but like within an hour and a half to two hours, an answer came. A miracle happened in my life. And I can see that that is what happens when I trust. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Anita L. Next, we have Chris G., followed by Irini M. Go ahead, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for leading the meeting today. And thank you for everybody that has shared so far. Uh, so uh, it says uh, he, too, has become a respected and useful member of his community. He has helped other men recover and is a power in the church, which, for, which he was long absent. And the, the question I had was, what is it? What does a power in the church look like? What what does that mean? And it seems to me that a power in the church means that he was active, that he took action. It's not that he uh, had a belief system or he had a theology, but that he actually uh, participated and took action, and uh, and that's how he got respected. And um, I, I feel uh, uh, I respect myself more than I used to, and, and other people respect me because when, because when I do uh, practice the principles in my affairs, that just brings, uh, brings me respect. And, um, and the, the, I want to end my share with um, that I had heard uh, someone years ago say uh, they did steps one, two, and three before their feet hit the floor in the morning. And I thought, yes, I should do that. And it was a should, and it didn't happen. And so uh, practicing the principles is not trying to practice the principles. It's not trying to uh, do the first three steps before my feet hit the floor in the morning, but actually uh, 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 practicing uh, and, 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 and taking action. With that, I pass. Thank you, Christy. Next, we have Irini M. followed by Christina H. <clears throat> Thank you, Julie, for your service. <clears throat> Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. <clears throat> my voice is hoarse because I'm not feeling well, but... I needed to speak up. Wow, it says he never drank again. Helping others recover has respect, has the power, and he was long abstinent. Wow, this is the promise. This is the promise when we live the steps. This is the miracle. And it still amazes me after so many years that the obsession of the mind has been lifted and I received God's power by being connected to God. And that connection starts in step two. 
he, <clears throat> that connection gave me abstinence. That connection gave me recovery. And that connection keeps me recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So it's a continual process. There's no destination. There's no graduation here. That connection gave me to live a life of love, joy, and service. My life has changed. And you know what? It keeps on changing because I keep on going deeper and deeper and being connected with God, myself, and others. And passing the gift of recovery to others, passing on what was what was um what has worked for me, the program of action, you know, the answers to all my problems. There's a way out. There is an answer for despair. And by not sharing our stories and putting us at risk to become unstable, to become disconnected, our stability is our connection to God and to others. And it's a continual process, a continual flow of action. And not maintaining, but going deeper and deeper into this connection uh, and with myself and others. And by helping others is my part and my responsibility, and it's a pleasure. It's accepting what God gives me on a daily basis, and and then it's giving to others of what I have received. You know, if I break the sacred chain of connection, then that chain is no longer sacred and will break me. I thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Irene. H, you are next. Hi, this is Christina H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater Bulimic. Um, I think I'm unmuted. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, sorry about that. Um, good morning, everyone. You know, I, I really, really loved your share, the woman who just shared last. Um, it really matched everything I was kind of thinking and listening to as we've gone along. You know, and on this page that we read, um, I know yesterday the paragraph before was read, but the last sentence leading into this paragraph, to me, really is so important going into what we read. You know, and it says, but he had found God. And in finding God, it found himself and then goes on to what we were reading today. And then he never drank again. Um, and for me, for so many years, I, my obsession with food and restricting and my body, this bondage of myself, I was in this um, terrible, emotional, distraught, um, obsessive, you know, emotional hell, I thought I would I would call it. I lived in for so many years in this program, I really believed that this was like about food and if I could just straighten out my plan and if I could just follow the plan and if I could just, you know, lose the weight and if I could just, you know, get it this way and that way and oh my gosh, I lived in so much insanity and I'm I'm so thankful that for me when I hit an emotional bottom and I was all out of answers. I didn't know what to do. I just, I, I, I knew that my way, my ideas were not working. None of them had worked. And I had, a, I had so many. Um, I was so fortunate to have a sponsor in this program that had recovery in her life and told me that, you know, Christina, it is going to be in finding God that you're going to find yourself. 
And I was not terribly, nor have I ever been a religious individual, but very spiritual, and I have a strong belief. Um, And through working these 12 steps and putting down my my substances, um, I have found God, you know, and I've, I've, I've recovered, um, this, he never drank again. You know, I don't have any obsession or anything in my life today that has to do with food. It's, 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 my life is so different. Um, I have become a useful member of my community, of my business, of my everyday life with my children, with helping others. Um, I help other women recover. I take people through the steps and where they talk about he's a power in his church from which he was long absent. For me, I'm, I'm a useful member of society today, um, you know, which I was long absent. I'm really, I was stuck inside of this terrible place in my brain, this delusional, you know, chain I had on me walking around through my days where it was like, just, just not really useful. I'm, I'm totally a part of life today. And I'll say is, you know, in the forwards in the big book, it says, you know, either AAs hang together or they die separately. And the woman who just talked last, okay, talked about connection. Um, You know, it is so important. I continue to remain here with the people who are walking this path. So I hope everyone has a great day. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. Okay, we have time for about three more shares. Again, we're on page 158, the fourth paragraph, starting with that was June of 1935. Who would like to share? Christina F. Uh, Somebody F. Krista. Krista, okay. Christina J. Christina J. One more. Got to be one more person who wants to share. Toby K. Toby K. All right, let's do that. Okay, go ahead, Krista F. Thank you. Good morning. This is Krista F. As in Frank. Krista with a K, and I'm in Georgia. And um, what I just wanted to to share for people that maybe like me um, are are kind of new and still going through the steps and um. In the sentence that says that was in June 1935, he never drank again. And it's like twofold, you know, that's like washes over me like, wow, you know, I don't think I really ever thought until this time here, this season in, in abstinence, that that was a possibility that it that it could actually be permanent. And so in one on one hand, it's like incredibly hopeful, but then it's also there there's also the disease mind or or the negative self-talk that goes oh my god i can never have blah 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 fill in the blank like you know he never ate again you know and so i just i I am so full of um gratitude and my willingness has been greater than it's ever been and so what I wanted to say about that thought in case anyone else, you know, maybe felt that way is that I really have experienced this time and am experiencing 
um, what I really believe is a true psychic change, a, a profound alteration in my reaction to life. And my sponsor says all the time, the things I have to do become the things I love to do. And it is, it has, it is becoming so true for me. Some of you on this line know that my outreach calls were so difficult for me to make. And um, I love them. I love them now. I'm under three months absent and I love them. And I have friends on this line. They'll blow my phone up before I'm even done talking. And it's so rich and it's so full. And Getting up, I mean, I never in my life for 51 years have been able to get up in the morning and make real, true time with God a priority. And I'm writing pages to him daily, and he speaks back to me, and it's incredible. And the things that I, even in praying for my defects to be removed, I was fearful because I knew if I asked God that he would remove them and I would have to do certain things that I didn't want to do. And I thought I would have to do them begrudgingly. But there, when God removes those defects from me, the things I didn't want to do are becoming the things that I enjoy. And it, it really is remarkable. And lest I sound like I'm on a pink cloud, I, let me just say the struggle has been long and hard. And I'm not on a pink cloud, but I have immense hope because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the promises of having a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps is available to me and it's available to anybody that's here. And I just wanted to, to share that and thank you guys and everyone here who have invested in me this year and uh, I'll, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Krista F. Next we have Christina J followed by Toby K. Morning, everyone. <clears throat> Christina J in North Carolina this morning recovering this reminds me of many people on the line that talk about being struck abstinent upon their first meeting. And I have to look at this paragraph and realize that, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's really struck abstinent because, I mean, he drank and had debacles and on and on and on. I mean, we've had diets and we've had this and that and the other. But I do believe that maybe people are. I just have never been. And I look at this paragraph, and this is historical. He never drank again. He, as you look back, we see after the years, he never drank again. And I just want to say that if you're new out there and you're feeling like, oh, God, I wish that would happen for me or relapsing, today is a day you can say, I don't have to drink today. I don't have to eat today. Just today. You never have to think of the future again or way out there. You, can, you know, I, I don't have a history of never eating again. I've been a relapser, and uh, not because not I wanted to, just because I'm going to say this, because God had more to teach me. It had nothing to do with my willpower or what a horrible person I, I am, or I can't reach some goal, lofty goal of being absent every day, like, you know, many people are able to do that. I just had a lot to learn. I've had a lot to learn about my self-sufficiency and my own way of wanting to do things. You know, we have to be humbled over and over and over. But the key thing for me is, in the previous line, in the previous paragraph, as many have spoken, in finding God, he found himself. That's the key. My sponsor was first working me, working with me, and she said, well, why'd you relapse? Where's your God? You know, that was kind of the essence of what she said to me. What, what happened to God? That's the key. And to keep that relationship, I got to do these steps. 
You know, I cannot get willy-nilly about the work I need to put in daily. I have a prayer, and it starts out. I won't read the whole thing. It just says, may I be at peace. May I awaken to the light of my own true nature. And in that, as I begin to awaken, as I come to believe, as it says in step two, it's not a one and done. It just doesn't happen overnight. I mean, some people get it. They get struck absence. They get struck with the spiritual awakening, the spiritual experience, whichever one it is. And they're able to start walking this, this road clean and never go back. Um, just know that it's a journey and it's okay. Uh, you know, counting dates, having absent dates, I mean, that has been a pressure on me that I have to let go of. And just know that if I stay close to God today, God's in skin and the God within myself, I have a chance in hell to make this happen for today. Um, and you may not have a God when you first start out, and that's all right. You come to believe. You became willing. You become willing. That's all. Step one, two, and three. And then just start working these steps and uncovering and coming to that place where deep down inside man <laughs> is the fundamental idea of God. The spiritual enlightenment awakening is in your heart. You come to find yourself in God. That's that's what the beautiful thing about this program is. I and I'll finish up with this. I've done many, many, many spiritual journeys out there in the world, and I've never had a program like this that gave me succinct directions to get to this point. So God bless everyone. I pass. Thank you, Christina Day. And Toby Kay, you're our last share. Go for it. Uh, hi, this is Toby Kay uh, from Long Island, New York. Um, I'm really overwhelmed with all these shares. Uh, I haven't been on lately. Just had so many things going on. And when I hear everyone, I realize how much I miss all of you and your wise words. And um, I had an incident where I um, I, uh, I, I had a car accident, but very mild. Uh, nobody was in the other car. And I did uh, scratch uh, the other person's car. And I'm saying, oh, no, what do I do? Do I run away like I want to do, just leave the scene of the crime, or leave my number? So I walked back and forth. Uh, I was in a, a little parking lot, and I, I, and I said to my husband, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And I thought he'd say, just forget about it. And uh, and then he didn't say that. He said, do whatever you want. So I, after walking back and forth a few times, I did leave my number under this person's um, windshield wiper. And I never did that before. And it's because of this program. This program wants me to be honest, to be honest with with you and with God, especially. And what does God want from me? He wants me to be honest. And thank you for letting me share I pass. Thank you so much, Toby Kay. All right. It is time to close our meeting. Again, our today's share ID is 20,742 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, Anne-Marie M., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, 
There we go. Can you hear me better now? <laughs> yes. Okay. A book, a book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Um, we will now say the serenity prayer together. Everyone, please, please. God, uh, God, grant me the serenity. 